it's <laughs> hello everybody welcome to another episode of the thriving adoptees podcast and today we've got a lovely great treat for you a fantastic lady uh, the wonderful michelle katz michelle welcome to the show thank you so much pleasure to be here yeah so michelle has uh four four kids and two of two of your two of your kids are adopted right that's right. right that's right mm-hmm. and so uh she also is the founder of um, the Plus One Adoption Foundation. We'll kind of get onto that in, in, at the end. Um, but yeah, four kids. Uh, I, yeah, we, we've got <laughs> we've got we've got four we've got four furry furry kids, right? Um, we've got two 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 pigs um, and two labradors. So we've got four kids. So uh, and our logistics to us can seem a little bit tricky um but i'm sure that they completely pale into all uh, insignificance with four kids and running a foundation and you've got a you've got a legal career as well right i do but you know that doesn't negate the very specialness of the four-legged children we have two right we have two little dogs uh so and one's a puppy that we've had for two weeks only. So we're working on that newborn situation. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, but it is, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. It's a full, full life, full, full load. Life. Yeah. I, I, the, the sense that I get, um, because I spoke, I speak to, I don't know, it's probably 70, 80% of the people that I speak to for the podcast, before the podcast, after the podcast. Uh, are from the are from the US. Maybe twenty percent are from the UK and Canada and other places. Um, it never see the cultural differences. What the big culture? One of the biggest cultural differences is how much you guys um, do, like you know, mom, foundation, and legal. So it's like this doesn't happen. This isn't as common. In, in, in the UK. So I do take my hat off to you for juggling all those logistics. But anyway, let's get down to let's get down, get down to tax. So tell us a, bit, a little bit about um, your uh, a little bit about your family. Sure. So I have um, two girls and two boys. My my eldest and my youngest are the two that are adopted from Colombia. So we did two international adoptions. My eldest, who is now already 16 years old, she was an infant. And um, that was back in 2005. She was born and we got the call in the beginning of 2006. And within two weeks, we were on a plane flying down to Bogota with uh, a book entitled The First 12 Months for Dummies. Yep. Mm -hmm. So... You know, though we were crash crash course parents, I ended up carrying my next two kids. They they were boy, they are boys, and they're now twelve and ten. And I I I was I still were yearning to kind of bookend the family with another girl. I just I just always kind of had envisioned that. And we had a really beautiful experience with our first adoption. We had tried to adopt um, throughout the years. But then due to pregnancies, we kept getting deferred, which is not uncommon. And uh, so then we tried again. This time um, we decided we wanted to adopt an older child. Uh, But we did really hold in high regard the adoption system in Colombia. It's kind of like you you start a you, you know, you do a process and you know it. Right. It's comfortable to you, even though there are changes over the years. And so then we, we got a call and uh, we went down again to Colombia. This time we didn't take any of those type of books. I mean, we felt pretty well-versed yeah. uh, after parenting for so long. And that was just December of 2019. Right. So if we can take everybody back, right? This is pre-pandemic, right? We're at the end of the year. It's holiday time. Uh, you know, the first adoption um, back in 2006 was much, took a 
took much longer uh, from the standpoint of the processing because there was a strike. So I was down there for for nine weeks. Imagine, you know, my parent parenting alone, you know, because my husband had gone back to work before the strike happened. And a few days later, after he leaves, there's a strike. Right. Um, It was it was tough. Um, This time we had that we brought the whole family down and it was all of us. And we were in and out in two weeks with our um, beautiful eight year old daughter at the time. Yeah. Now she's 10. Uh, and you know, everybody's, you know, thriving. It's a lot, you know, it is a lot of work, the interpersonal relationships you're working on between siblings, between parents, between uh, the other, um, you know, let's call veteran children, right. That have been with us already and their adjustment period and everything pandemic actually kind of, I think enhanced that we got to spend a lot of time together, right? For some of us, we say for better or for worse, right? But I think in the end, it was it was a good thing and it accelerated the, the bonding. Yeah. So you, you mentioned, obviously, my favorite word, thriving. Um, what, does, <laughs> what does thriving adoptees mean to you, Michelle? You know, you know when I think of a thriving adoptee, I think of my, my eldest. Um, not to negate my youngest, it's just she's new around the scene and, and you know, she is still a kid, right? My 16-year-old, though, is developing into and has developed into her own person. And she's smart and beautiful and independent. And when she has questions, she she asks, she takes things in stride. Uh, I can tell you a few years ago, you know, she was just an adolescent, and out of the blue, I, I wasn't provoked by anything I said to, to my knowledge. I was in her room. We were hanging out. And she goes, Mom, I'm really cool with being adopted. I'm like, OK. You know, like that age is a very angsty, can be a very angsty age, you know, that 11, 12. And when she said that to me, I really was like so warmed by that. It kind of to me meant she felt comfortable in her skin. She felt comfortable with family, you know, her knowledge base, you know, we've always tried to answer any questions she's, she's ever had, um, you know, and we've had, we're open. We don't, it's not an open adoption because it doesn't, that's not the process we went through. That's not an option, but we have an open relationship about the topic and we always have. We even have this uh, picture book that her birth mother put together, and it's beautiful. I mean, this is like something I've never seen. And we we are part of a a greater adoptive community. And anytime she wants it growing up, wanted it growing up, she, you know, we'd say, here you go. You know, because she was a kid that tore through books, you know, we never let her keep it in her room. But like when she was done with it, she'd return it to us. We'd put it, she knew exactly where it was and she could grab it, you know, at any time, but had to return it for its preservation because it was so important. But she seems just so, um, she, she takes being adopted as something special about her and nothing negative. It's like more people loved her, not less. Yeah. Um, I, I, a question popped into my head, and I, and I'm, I'm hope I hope it, it's an okay question to ask. Um, sure. So, and I, it's it's a bit devil's advocate, right? So it's you know, de- devil's advocate. Well, you know, I am an attorney. So yeah. I'm, I'm a litigator by by trade. So, you should, so feel so free. Let's do I this. Should just, I should just ask it and fire away. <laughs> um, so, is is there a part of you that thinks um, that she said because she does said I'm cool with being adopted? Uh, is there a part of you that thinks that maybe at some stage she hasn't been? Yeah, I would think that she's probably had those thoughts in her head. I, I don't see that as a negative thing. I think it's a very natural thing. I think it's important, you know, as one is developing into their own sense of self, right? To wonder. And I mean, I, I don't form her thoughts for her. I just merely answer the questions asked, your honor. And, <laughs> right. And, I think she came to it probably through um, th- through her own 
thought process as well as kind of looking around who know, you know, internet is a big wide world, you know, who knows what else she's been. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to some degree we know, but we don't if it's public, right. She's you know, she may have done her own research and, and if she did kudos to her for, do, for doing that. Um, we, I will say that as a family, we attend a camp every summer called La Semana. It takes place in, in, Minnesota, it's it's a week long, hence the name La Semana, and it is a Latin heritage camp. I, it is mostly adopted children from Spanish speaking countries yeah. um, and their siblings. OK, yeah. whether they're by a lot, you know, biological to the parents or, or whoever or, or from other countries, also, you know, also adopted. Um, they these families come to this camp every summer. And usually there's a parent who, me, a la me, um, who volunteer for the week, right? So you get to know the other parents and see the kids. And, you know, that's one week out of the year where they're not, these kids are not the minority. And even if they're just doing regular things like playing soccer, archery, like camp climbing walls, camp things, there's still something very special about the bonds that they have formed over the years. And my kids, you know, whether adopted or not, have been a part of this camp. And I do think that is also, you know, potentially a factor in this comfort that she has. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had the, we had the, there's another, another camp, it's called Heritage Camps. We had a lady on the, the founder there. Sorry, I interviewed it ages ago and I've forgotten her name. That's really embarrassing. Um, I get really embarrassed about forgetting people's names. Um, uh, but so if you, I'll put a link in, I'll put a link in, in, that sh- in the show notes to, to the heritage camps um, uh, so people can learn more about this stuff because I think it's, it sounds like it's, it's been a great experience for your family. Um, so do you think, um, she, so she, you figure that maybe it's interesting as soon as she said that she's had her questions um, and, and that's natural. The thing that popped into my head was the fact that I think my sister, well, I know that from one thing that my sister said to me um, when, when I was about 10, she would have been about eight. Uh, she's uh, adopted, you know, she's adopted, she was adopted as well, adopted from a different um, biological family. Um she had she had a questions and, and I didn't. Um, so you, you you get the feeling that maybe she had some questions. She's gone through some stuff, but she's come out the other side, and she's come out the side, kind of, of her own accord, doing her own research. She has been secure enough in the environment that you've created for her, but to kind of explore that, she hasn't gone off the rails doing that. Um, I'm not sure really what the question is here. I think what I'm doing actually is I'm, do, I'm just, to, I'm picking up on it from, from the listeners, from the lis- listener's perspective to, uh, so that, so hopefully offering them a little, uh, hopefully offering them some hope here that kids, it's natural for these kids, for, for us adoptees to, to have these thoughts. Some will have more than others, um, and some will work through their their stuff, and some will work through their questions and come out of it and be, as you say, cool with being adopted, or as your daughter said, cool with being adopted, and comfortable in their own skin. Because I think that's what we want. We want that's we all want to be happy. We all want to be comfortable in our own skin. And if we're parents, we want the same for our kids, no matter what. That's that's the ultimate aim, isn't it? For them to be comfortable in their own skin. That's more important than uh, than any kind of career thing or anything at all. We want kids to be comfortable in their own skin. Absolutely. Whether adopted or not, just as yes. individuals, just as people, like this in some people. ways, this is, it's like normalizing, right? Just be like, everyone has their different history, right? Um, if, if you, if you are adopted, 
your history kind of starts before you. You know what I mean? It's like there's this history before you. Um, and even if, if you're born into a biological family, right, there's still a history before you. Um, but when you are adopted, because there's a shift in who is ultimately raising you as a child, right? That seems to be quite significant, not to everyone, but to some it is. And for my daughter, she just makes it seem like when she, when she said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with this, I'm good with it, whatever her exact words were, you know, it was, you know, that she had come to a place, even if she wasn't previously, where she had achieved that goal. And pretty early, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you said something else. Uh, you said something else is that, you know, it, it seemed to me the, I've heard this phrase, helicopter pairing, parenting. Right? It's when you're watching over them and everything they're doing. And you said something about, you know, you're not responsible for her thoughts or something like that. You, um, and, and there was a kind of uh, an empowerment thing. You, there was a there was a what what it spoke to me was about was a realization of 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 your role as a as a mom and a kind of an empowerment piece. Does that make any sense? Yeah, from the standpoint, I'm not telling her what to think. Um, we've had discussions on many other topics unrelated to adoption. When she asks me a question, and I may ask, "Well, what, what's what, what's your thought on it?" Um, here are some possible, you know, here's the possible theories on this, that, and the other thing, right? You know, maybe religion, uh, politics, those right. sort of things. I thought you were going to talk about boys then for some reason. <laughs> uh, well, no, don't. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's a topic too. And that's become an increasingly um, discussed topic, right? She's in high school now. Yeah. Um, but, and even, and of course, even prior, if, you know, note to parents, if you're, if you're waiting till high school to have those talks, you're a little late. Yeah. I mean, just saying the internet and social media and all that jazz kind of propels our kids a little quicker with things and visuals and stuff than we, than we had, of course. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think empowerment, if, if you're feeding, I mean, I mean, I can express my opinion with her and I'm, I'm, I, I respect her opinion. I think that's what comes through maybe on her side, it's hard, you know, um, from this empowerment piece, maybe when I say, what do you think? When you actually ask a child, maybe they're not used to being asked what they think. I mean, I don't know if, you know, maybe, maybe not, but that's pretty normal um, in our household. It's not just with her, all, you know, all of our kids to some degree, we might ask them back, well, what, what do you think? Do, do you think that was a good idea? <laughs> in the case of the, in, of my the middle boys, I feel like I asked that question <laughs> often enough. Yeah. My mom still asks me that question. I'm 55. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and thank you. Cause I must have about 20 years on you. So thank you for grouping me in with your generation earlier on. <laughs> <laughs> so you you talked about your um going down uh back down to bogota uh uh in in december 19 do you say december yeah 19, yeah mm -hmm. um and you talked about being well versed um and you you know you hadn't got that you hadn't got the book with you so what what wasn't in the book <laughs> well i mean <clears throat> and you know, and I do, I get asked kind of, it's similar to that question about, you know, adopting an older, you know, an older child, oh, right. Okay. It carries, it, it, it carries different nuances. Um, yes. I didn't have to worry about, you know, carrying uh, diapers and no. bottles and sleepless nights, um, like with the older three. Um, but there are certainly things in the book that you know were, would not have been in any <laughs> any of those like development books um you know she was eight years old already um those are there's some not grown-up necessarily feelings not ones that can be articulated 
but reactions to things where you might, your eyes might bug out and go, okay, what do we do in this situation? Um, so, and living in the, uh, she lived in an orphanage um, for two years before we adopted her. And then she had had some time in, in the orphanage, um, not for adoption purposes, but for rehabilitation of the family, um, biological family. Um, prior to that. So you've got a child who you cannot assume is the same developmentally, um, emotionally, socially, like all of those spheres as the children that were, had been through those age, you know, been at her age. It's, and all kids are, and that's another thing is all kids are different anyway. I mean, if you talk to parents perhaps who have multiple kids, they can't believe whether, you know, biological or not, right. Um, that they are so, they can be so different. Um, and so as was the case, we were discovering while we were in Colombia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to, uh, I'm going to nip back again to the story to, to, because I'm trying yes. to crystallize, I'm, I'm trying to crystallize and draw out the learnings, right? So, if you can, it, it was obviously a long time ago. Maybe you, maybe you won't remember, but I'll give it. I'll ask anyway. So, what wasn't you reading this book on the way down to Bogota um, fifteen years ago? Six, yeah, fifteen years ago, sixteen years ago. Yeah, sixteen. Um, years ago. Sixteen years ago. What wasn't in the book? that you sub subsequently learned. Oh, um, with the, with the first, with our with first, your, with your eldest, with your, with the, oh, with the, the eldest. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were applying the equivalent to, to my, the new adoption. Yes. Um, so we, uh, so we came into our eldest life. She was four months old. So clearly we got to skip the, we did get to skip the first four chapters. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, to some degree, but there were a lot of bullet points, like the markers, you know, the tummy time, the, all, those things, they're in there. That's all very relevant. Um, Sorry, I, what do you mean? What's, what's tummy time? Um, so one of the developmental uh, um, aspects of, a, of, the, of the child's development, you want to see that when they, they can lift their head up, on their own, right? So they're building the muscles in their neck. Um, that helps with what comes later with the rolling over in both oh, directions okay. and all that. And it's called um, tummy time. And you put the baby on their tummy, sometimes like on a, like on a, like a, say like a, a spherical pillow, right? So they're on their tummy and they're forced to kind of lift their head up. And it's like calisthenics yeah. for babies. So, yeah, I'm really going back in time thinking about yeah, this. Yeah. And, you know, that's always, you know, doctors kind of harp on making sure, you know, the pediatrician make sure they get their tummy time and all that, because it does, the strength is important. And when you're adopting, um, your child may not have had as much belly time. Okay. Okay. So that's something for, you know, adoptive parents to be aware of, unless they're taking the child potentially directly from the hospital, which is yeah. obviously the case for some, but for many it's not. And so you want to kind of, so this is what's not in the book is this kind of like catch up. Um, and it's good to like consult the pediatrician and especially ones, I mean, we went to a pediatrician once we came home, we did in Colombia, but once we came home, we went to one specialized in adopted kids. That's a thing. That's a thing. And not that his entire um, yeah. client base was right. Patient base um, were adopted kids, but who had a focus and an interest in adopted children. And so the book, of course, is going with kind of the quote unquote, like normal progression. And if you're adopting, you may want to um, like, so even though we adopted in month four, I still did gloss on month three, right? To see what, like, are we missing something, right? From the previous month. Yeah. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that's not in the book. 
okay. <laughs> that might be in a different book, but it wasn't in this book. Yeah. So um, I'm intrigued. Uh, just how four? So like, um, I, <laughs> I get that a lot. Four. Yeah, so you have four, four kids. So you know, um, my mum. My mum's the eldest of four. Um, she's uh, what's she now? Eighty-two. 83. I shouldn't know, shouldn't I? Uh, she's one in 30. No comment. 38. Yeah. She's she's 83. Yeah, she's 84 this year. Um, so she's the eldest of four. She's the eldest of four daughters. Um, and uh, but you know, she uh, her she 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 has me and my my my, my sister. Her her next the, the 81-year-old, uh, my auntie Kathleen, um uh, has four kids. And I always thought that it was kind of cool having four kids. I thought, you know, I, I, and the things, the ki- there's more, uh, there's, they kind of, they look after each other a little bit more. If there's four of them, you know, there's four of a pecking order. There's, there's obviously, there's, a, there's the age difference. Um, and maybe they sort stuff out more. To, but how does it, how does it work in, in your family? There's definitely a pecking order. Um, You know, I think that the younger kids definitely, they look up to my eldest. Um, She has more freedoms as the eldest, um, as far as she, which, which we tell her, you have earned this. We, you have earned this good grades, good demeanor, you know, um, respectful, She's not one of these sass girls. I don't know if you, you know, like who talk back to their parents. Um, she's deferential, um, good judgment. This is all through. I mean, this is not a hundred percent. Sometimes we got to have like a talk. Okay. We got to like, yeah, but, um, and that's important too. We have a risk, you know, as a parent, I, I feel like I'm responsible for, uh, taking her down a notch when she's feeling a little bit too confident. I mean, confidence is good, but don't get me wrong, but it doesn't mean uh, arrogant, right? Like there's it's a different, line, yeah. yeah. Um, and teaching the kids that, you know, the, dif- the difference, right? But um, the other kids see that. I think that she's a model, role model for them. Um, not to say that they emulate her. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing a little more of that, but... <laughs> But again, they're all their unique personalities, and I and and that's important too. Like we're not we're not raising robots here, so yeah, yeah. And I, I, what are the kind of perhaps back to more um, adoption specific questions and and international um, uh, international issues here and the heritage stuff? What else? Because this adds. A, a, as you say, a layer of complexity or another le- a level to it uh, that I I don't understand as uh, as somebody adopted from. Well, how far is it from from you to Bogota? Like five thousand miles or something like that? Four thousand miles? Uh, well, I know it more like it's um, you know you got to fly to Miami first, which is three hours, and then yeah. it's another three hours to Bogota. So that's okay. how <laughs> that's how so I characterize gonna, it. I'm going to say that that's actually 3,000 miles because I work on 500, a plane going at 500 miles an hour. Oh, it sounds like a great math problem. Yes. So, yeah. So I was, I was uh, adopted from 80 miles away. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, obviously English, English speaking uh, rather than Spanish speaking. And so people talk a, a, a lot about this adding another layer of um, complexity how how have you seen how have you seen that? Well, I mean, yeah, complexity maybe. I think it's fun. Um, I'm into cultural. I like, you know, stu- I've studied different cultures, and um, we, you know, we do. We are a bilingual home, so the kids all know Spanish. Um, and all four uh, kids. Yeah. All four kids. Yeah. Obviously, our youngest speaks the best. She can yeah. run circles around me, but. Uh, but yeah, since I'm not a native speaker, but I, you know, when we adopted our first child, my husband and I made that decision that we were going to, you know, language and culture is an identity, right? They're linked. And when they're not the same as in the place you're going to live, 
uh, we thought it beneficial to bring part of that with us home, right? Yeah. Um, do lots of people so, do that? I've, I've not heard that before. Uh, so uh, some, yeah. not, not the majority, uh, but that was something that was important to us. Yeah. You know, people are like, oh, are you, are you Colombian? You know, because they hear us speaking Spanish or, or, you know, are you, you know, I get like, a, you know, tu eres Latina? Like sometimes people will ask me um, and I'll say, well, our family heritage, it, it's part of our, I just say it's a part of our family heritage. I just leave it at that, yeah. you know? Um, our, yeah, because the, the culture is somewhat, it is somewhat integrated and in, we have, it, we have made the decision to integrate it. Um, not everybody does. Maybe I, I think, I think my, I think my daughters, they all seem to like it. I think, um, it certainly helped when we were going down for the second adoption in December of 2019, the kids felt comfortable being there and able to communicate in another language and with their new sister who didn't speak a word of English, something, you know, that made it a lot easier that transition. And I remember asking, I did ask the adoption rep when we were down there, the Colombian liaison. I said, you know, what are you, what are you seeing? Like as a third party looking in at us in our, you know, in our chaos, um, she said, yeah, the language piece is, uh, is um, it, it's made a big difference in her opinion of the kind of molding together, right? Because we could communicate, we could understand her for better or for worse. Sometimes she didn't always have a nice thing to say, but (laughs) But yeah. So So I think language has had an impact, a positive one. Because my my sister lives in uh, Switzerland and she has has three kids. Uh, And for me, it's it's really important that, you know, that they, they can converse with, well, unfortunately my dad's, um, no longer with us. He died like five years ago. But mm-hmm. you know, before he died, the, the kids are all in. One's, I think, they're, one's nineteen, the other two are in the twenties. Um, it's that's really important that that communication with the grandparents, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, for for my for my sister, um, for my sister's kids, I, I thought that was uh, uh, that's something that I uh, I think. It, it is. Everything's about communication and the language must make it easier. So I, I think that was a really, that was a really uh, big, big and important decision uh, looking back on that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Being able to communicate with your family, I mean, and the people around you, it's, it's critical. Right. Um, and it, from an adoption perspective, I also kept in mind that at 18 years old, their files became theirs. Um, and so, and whatever they decided to do with any kind of searching, it would certainly be a lot easier if they could speak the language. Now, of course, that's not an issue for my youngest because she's obviously still quite fluent, but for my eldest, that was really important that she'd be able to communicate if she needed to. I mean, just for, beyond the importance that people might find of, you know, being able to speak another language, right? I mean, there's kind of like those, just the normal, you know, that that's great. You know, if someone can speak another language and communicate help, whatever, um, maybe job related, open up opportunities, whatever the case may be. But from a specific adoption perspective, if you're adopting international, and that's not always the case, and that's okay too, right? There's translators. It's a whole, you yeah. know, it's a whole huge industry. But um, it was something that was important to us. It was a decision we made. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what else? What else have you felt that, uh, that you've kind of learned along the learned along the way, uh, and that you're continuing to learn along the way? Uh, well, to help, to help your kids thrive. Quite quite a bit. Um, so when. Adopting an older child, if we start, if we kind of start there, because that's, that's a very different experience I, I have found uh, than adopting a newborn. And that is memory, right? So that, you know, with my, <laughs> with my eldest, it was, I could answer her questions. Um, strangely enough, I mean, 
I don't have a lot of information. You know, I wasn't provided a lot of information. It was a different circumstance with, with my, with my youngest. And sometimes she starts talking about things and my ears perk up, like, tell me more, you know? Um, but she otherwise, you know, I don't know what brings it out or what, um, and it's hard to understand, like the, what the information coming out is kind of disjointed. Like it's like a part of a story and I can't, I'm trying to, so I might ask some questions. Oh, tell me about this and tell me about that, you know, but it's still very, it's, it's, it's different. There's, there's some memory there, but I can't, I can't really access it. Um, completely. Because she, because she can't access it completely. I don't know if it's because she's just not old enough yet to articulate or she doesn't have a great, you know, like, you know, when you're little, it's like, you know, when we remember things as a child, it's a little bit fuzzy. Um, Yeah. Throughout the years, we may kind of see, you know, we might kind of fill in the gaps on our own, you know, Um, and she, you know, she was she was quite young still and 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 young, like emotionally, mentally, you know, not not on par with an eight year old. So there's some emotional things and it's been because she is a she is a sweet hearted person. It hasn't been um, like. Uh, it hasn't been I don't want to say it hasn't been um, like scary for her or anything. She seems quite secure in um, when she talks about it. But um, like every so often, kind of randomly, she'll start talking about something. And it's mostly actually about her life in, in the orphanage, actually. Um, that's primarily what it is. Just randomly, she'll start talking about, um, times then, but it's, but it's still hard to really, um, to pull out like the clear picture. And sometimes, sometimes I might, you know, I might ask her, you know, a question, you know, did you ever try this before? You know, like her first beach experience with us, her first flying a kite with us, her first um, braids in her hair type of, th- you know, like actually having, you know, putting someone putting braids in her hair because um, she likes when I French braid her hair. Um, and just like so many things, even though she was eight, are first with us. And so for so I say this for a few reasons. One is, that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to give exa- like concrete examples um, to answer your question. But also the the um, for anyone who thinks like adopting an older child, it's like you've missed all these things, <laughs> which, to be honest, I was OK with missing like the, di- you know, we talked about like the diapers and all that stuff, you know, for my fourth. I'm like, OK, I'm good. Um, you're there's still so many like mind-boggling first that we don't think about is first. Like we just don't, you know, people talk about like the first step and the, this, and those, those, they're special. They are, they're special, but there's so many firsts. Yeah. And so, um, I, are you, uh, are you cool? About, are you like your daughter? Are you cool about that? Are you cool about this? <laughs> I love you, it. This? I think yeah. it's, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of like a bright sided person. So I'm like, okay, um, there's challenges naturally. There's definitely challenges, but I think it, I think there's challenges no matter what, like if you're going to like life has challenges, like yeah. accepting that, um, as a premise and then kind of working with like the, these kids bring so much, um, passion, excitement, fun. There's so many things that I, I do besides work because of them. Like one of my kids, uh, my older boy, he's he loves to ski. This is like a new thing for him. I would never take a day and just go skiing, but for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, or ice skating and and I'm in Chicago. Okay. So we have access to (laughs) these cold weather sports um, to be outside right in the winter, what would I be doing? I'd probably be working as, yeah, yeah. and I, you know, I'd be working, <laughs> organizing the house, right. I'm doing those things anyway, but the kids, you know, they really lead me to take a break because otherwise I, I can be a rather workhorse oriented person, you know? So, yeah. And how was the, uh, how's your, your youngest, how's her development coming on 
with with three older siblings now in the last two years. It's it's amazing. So so at first, because she didn't know their names, right? I mean, it took a little while because their names are a bit unusual. Um, I mean, it's not, you know, like typical Maria type names like from Latin America, right? Um, so um, she called, you know, there was Hermana. Yeah. She just called like as if it was her name. Okay, it was Hermana, Hermano Grande, Hermano and Hermano Pequeño. Okay. And, um, so the development now, clearly she knows their names now, not an issue. And the way in which they interact is very different. They learned how to play well together. Um, it takes some time. So like, um, for example, my, my older son, he's, he's, uh, he likes to like rough play. Okay. She likes that. There's a part of her that really likes that, you know, when you put her on a blanket and he's walking around the house, pulling her on a blanket, you know, um, whereas the way she plays with Hermano Pequeño, the smaller, uh, he's still older than her, but yeah. the, the, the other, um, yeah. my other son, my younger son is they're more like hide and go seek kind of playmates, right? It's like they have found a different, a different kind okay. of way to play. Um, and so you're seeing this all, you know, because in the pandemic, they're home and they were being they were e-learning um, and whatnot. So when they take breaks and especially because it's cold here. Right. And if we're not like doing something outside. Right. They were just playing in the house. So they the way in which they they had to learn their preferred methods of play with each other. And that's the bright side. Right. Of having you mentioned like with your um, your mom and her and your three aunts. Yeah, right. That's right. With the four. Yeah. Is, yeah with the four. Um, you know, fighting, fighting is a, it happens and, and stuff that's, you know, part part of it and and working out resolution. You know, hopefully I, I don't have to be involved, but some, you know, obviously I <laughs> obviously plenty of times I am. Um, but it it's um, there's kind of these built-in playmates like uh play dates and during the pandemic that was you know that was pretty great to have for sure for sure you you talked um a, a little while ago about being part of a wider um, a wider adoption community um what what did you mean by that yeah so when we flew down in 2006 for our first adoption we befriended uh, a, a number of people who were living in the same place we were living in. We were living in a bed and breakfast. It was geared towards adopting families. And we, we they were all, all on these their specializations. Side. Who would have known that? You know, who would have like known, the, the right? The pediatrician and, and the B&B for adoptive parents. And there were, there, were, there, was, there were several of these type of hotels. Okay. And your meals are cooked for you. There was a bell that would ring, right, to let you know to come down for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It was included in your, your daily rate. Incredible. And so everyone's eating at the same time. All the kids are playing. There's even play areas. There's a, there was a yard, right? So we are all, a, I mean, like, essentially, like, one big family for a pretty grand experience in your life. I mean, this is a momentous occasion. You are adding a member to your family um, forever. Right. So it's it we bef so this community are the ones that became that they, they were like our core ad ad adoption community. OK, but it grew because they um, there were a, a group of families, some were European. Um, so, you know, we were only in contact through, you know, like social media channels, but to actually see the others in person, we were going to Minnesota. This was the precursor to going to that camp. Yeah. We set out of like a, a long weekend. We would drive to Minnesota, um, which is about a seven. It's about a seven hour drive from Chicago. We would spend the weekend, have a picnic, you know, and, and hang out together they started going to this camp, right? They would tell us about the camp. And so then we kind of converted that long weekend into a week long stay. And that's how we would, you know, get together every, every year. And some of the kids are now, um, age, you know, they're aging out as campers and they're there, um, as like, uh, helpers 
yeah. counselors. That's brilliant. I mean, it's it, it's like um, I, so a lot of uh, my uh, uh, my uh, my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, and sister-in-law, you know, they have uh, they have friends that that they made through the, the hospital, you know, when their kids were born. Um, the, there's a a, a young a, a young mum in our village. Uh, she's I guess she's in her thirties. She just had that first child. And she's she's hanging out with uh, uh, with the mums and, and and the kids that were in the, in the hospital, you know, two months ago. So you know, it, it, it's all these these networks where people come together, and it seems to be a great a, a, a great support and um, a way to, to to learn from one another. What what else? What are the benefits? Does this being part of this? broader community bring to you and your kids do you think I mean just like if we haven't learned you know anything in the pandemic you know it's like the connections with people and how important that is for your you know they enrich your lives so um you know having the relationships they're 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 important I feel like having the those bonding experiences that the kids are having throughout their years stays with them I mean, I was a camper back, back when, um, and I still, you know, we didn't have, like, we had to write letters. So staying in touch wasn't the same, you know, as as not nearly as, you know, before, before even flip phone, we just, none of that existed. Right. So, um, because all of this, the technology exists, they can keep in touch all your long. And I know, I know my, my, um, my, my eldest, she has a La Samana chat group. Like, so, you know, they, they can communicate all all year, all year round. And these friendships are important and unique, I think, because even though everyone has their own, you know, everyone has their own, own adoption story. If you're, if you're adopted, you have your own adoption story. They're unique to you, but it's still, there's like a common thread. I feel like that bonds these kids together. Yeah. And, and what does the relationship, what, how does it benefit the adopted parents? Well, we, well, in a very similar way, because we have chosen to build a family in a unique way. Um, it's not, it's, it's, even though it's, people talk about it more. So it's a little bit more open as far as a conversation piece, but it's also, um, a share experience. What was your experience? You know, it's, it's not that different from those that are, that are, um, going through pregnancy and talk about like, oh, what was your pregnancy experience like, you know? Um, so what that's what's going, yeah, that's what's going yeah. on for uh, for the for the the mum the mum and dad in the village, and and, and for my uh, my brother and sister in law, you know, their kids are in their twenties and they're still friends. You know, we were chatting last week about uh, Samantha's eldest, sorry, uh, so Samantha's my uh, eldest, my, my niece, uh, and there's a, a nephew's a little bit younger, so they're like I don't know. 25 and 23 something like that and she she they were talking about her best friend um from you know f- from from that era you know uh, from, from when she was born M- mikey and how he's doing and stuff like that so yeah this 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 is this is relationship this is human this isn't adopt adoption stuff i mean th- there's that that theme like the the origin right like the origin but as you spend more time together I mean, you're building a, like new experiences together to bond over uh, funny stories, right? Those kind of things. Um, maybe some drama, right? That can also bond um, people also, right? And so the same, when I, I mentioned that with that first adoption, we were on our first, these families who were on their second and third, they were the ones who taught us how to make a formula bottle. They were the ones who showed us how to do certain things and the tricks of the this, that, you know, and um, help with those parent early parenting tips. And now, you know, we're invited to high school graduations. Um, you know, we're still we're still a part of that extended family and it's beautiful. Yeah. If I can bring back, you know, you mentioned the bonding word a few times. Um, if I can bring that to the bonding within 
the 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 six of you or the eight of you if you count your uh <laughs> friends and the mm -hmm. uh, and the what 10 week old puppy 12 week old puppy <laughs> oh no she, thankfully no she's four months she's, oh, she's four months okay four right. months just so like in, when we had the same age as when we adopted our first all right yeah. four months. the um uh yeah I, we've like we 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 uh i think we got our dog set like 10 weeks old or something like that i know uh, anyway so um but if if we bring it back down to the bonding within within the family within the the the, the, the six humans and the two canines what what have been the ingredients for that bonding um well you have to well so okay so we eat dinner together almost every night so so dinner time is a is a time when we come together um uh, at least like monday monday through friday um and as sports have picked up and things people might be joining late or leaving early to go to certain activities but we have this kind of core thing going on where dinner is is a family thing um mondays and we've been doing this since oh gosh my eldest was quite little it's called monday night movie night it's the only night we eat in in front of the tv and and um we watch a movie I pick the movie. And so they're usually like 80s, 90s flicks, like the old good stuff, you know, like the Goonies, Splash, you know, like those those kind of like really, I mean, big well, and the old Ghostbusters, you know, yeah. like those kind of movies, right? You watch Big, Big with Tom Hanks. Oh, Big. Yes, we, yeah, we saw that one. Yeah, we oh. did. Um, I actually have to keep a list on my phone now, like with check marks, because like there it's been years. This has been going years. Um, I mean, for for one thing, if they if they would say like, uh, can I can can I eat dinner in front of the TV? I'd be like, is it Monday? I just ask the question back and that answers it. You know what I mean? Because um, and even that is kind of bonding. You know what I mean? And I have to like be like pipe down, you know, like the still like movie rules apply, right? Monday night movie rules apply. Um, and then um, on other nights when we're sitting around the regular, you know, like dining room table, dinner table, um, we typically would do like rose, thorn and bud. Do you know that? Where um, everyone, including the adults at the table, we have to say, what was something good that happened that day? That's your rose something bad that happened that day, that's your thorn. And then something you're looking forward to, which is your bud. And so I'm not saying they all love it, but we do it. And it's, and it's, and some of them, they like, they love, they love, and I have this rose and some of them, let's just keep it to like, let's just keep it to two roses today. Okay. Um, Don't go and that's, that. that's a, I mean, I think that it wasn't brought in intentionally as, bonding but that's just the natural effect and that way everyone has a share of something that you know otherwise it's like how was your day fine yeah. right yeah, this yeah. way you can get a little bit a little bit more information yeah. too and what, what about the kind of the more uh emotional side of, of bonding because i can see those practical things um being a big thing but what what's your kind of seems because i'm not a, you know we don't, I don't know, the bond the dogs bond with us kind of you know uh uh well they're unconditional love aren't they um so it's a bit of a silly question really for a non but i'm a non-parent so um uh what's your what's your take on bonding what's your once you come from on bonding, I don't even I know think, that's a question yeah there's emotion no i i so yeah i mean like i like i have said throughout. I mean, this is not all like hugs and games and all that. I mean, the, the kids part of bonding. Um, well, I think as you can, you can fight with your siblings. There's a way in which you uh, can fight and there's a way in which you cannot fight. Okay. So I will tell you that for my youngest being in living in orphanage life, um, you know, if someone took something from her, she was not getting it back unless she took it back. Okay. And in our household, we had, remember I said, we had to like learn how to play 
Um, and there's also a learn how to fight. You There's kind of like rules within fighting. We don't pinch or bite. This also is with kids who are not adopted as well, like, you know, in kindergarten. But my daughter was not in kindergarten. She's a little bit older, right? Um, and so it's my older kids understanding that there is certain kind of play that is not okay. Hmm. Okay. And one is grabbing something and running off. Okay. I had to, that's emotional. That was creating a, a pretty big emotional reaction from my youngest. Okay. Not a positive one. So we had to work on how to play and also how to fight. Um, so it's like the Geneva convention, you heard of this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Natural, <laughs> naturally, of course. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So there's this like, is rules, the Chicago you know, convention. yeah, it's like, yeah, it's the cats convention. <laughs> yeah. Right? Cats convention. Um, it has a nice ring to it. It does. Man. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So like there, there's emotion in that, like high emotion in that from all parties, because then you've got everyone coming to you crying. He did this. She did that. Da, 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 da. Right. Yeah, for sure. Good times. Good times at the Cats Convention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I'm conscious of time and um, I want to end with a question, which is uh, some, I sometimes ask it, sometimes I, I don't, but today it feels like I should. So what's the question that I haven't asked? Why did I start a foundation related to adoption and what does it do? Why did you start a foundation related to adoption and what does it do? I'm glad you asked. Thank you. <laughs> so essentially the experience I had in Colombia um, in 2019 was very exceptional in showing me that there are a lot of kids out there who do not have a permanent home. And I know plenty of people who want to be parents. How do we make those connections, right? How do we get people who want to be parents um, knowledge, right? To consider adoption as one of their, um, in their family planning, essentially, right? Just like other, other options. There's lots of options. I want adoption on that list, okay? So I created the Plus One Adoption Foundation in order to create awareness uh, because people can come to adoption from, from all different reasons or not have any particular reason, but that's how, they wanna, that's how they wanna grow their family, at least in part. So mine's a hybrid, right? So um, that, that's, that's, one, that's one reason and that's one of the, that's the vision that I have and that's what we're accomplishing. We just celebrated um, our one year anniversary yesterday, in fact, um, March 16th. And- um, Congratulations, happy birthday. Thank you. That, I mean, it's, it's, it's um, I'm, I'm just, I'm loving this. And the other prong though is to that's financially- clear. Pardon? That's clear. It's clear, you know? <laughs> But the other prong is to financially assist families who are seeking adoption because there are fees associated with adoption um, in most cases and, um, and in particular post-placement. Okay, so here you go. Here's your child, right? And perhaps they need extra tutoring or PT, you know, physical therapy or occupational therapy or TheraPlay for attachment. There's all these different things that the child might need and may not be covered by insurance, uh, maybe not, not, not totally. Um, and tutors, you know, for having help in, you know, certain subjects, we want to, we want to assist. And, and that, that's, that's what we've started doing. And it's, yeah. it's fantastic. Brilliant. So uh, as always, listeners, there are links in the show notes that, so that's underneath the, underneath the, uh, the, the, the recording to every guest that I have on. I'd encourage you to connect with um, uh, with Michelle. Have a check out what the foundation's doing. Uh, follow them on Instagram and and um, and Facebook. You're on both of those, if I remember correctly. We're on LinkedIn, Instagram, and we have a website. 
yeah, not on Facebook. Okay, so LinkedIn. Not, not, not yet. Not yet. Okay, so link, LinkedIn and, uh, and 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 Facebook, and check them out on their website. And uh, it's been uh, it's been delight. It's been a delight, and it's been a bit different. I don't know. It feels a bit different to some of the usual interviews that I've had today. It would be perhaps been a little bit more practical. So I think it's good to kind of uh, mix mix it up again and um, mix it up. And the conversations, they go where they go. And this one has been a delight. So thank you for, for sharing so much of your, of your story. And um, Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the invite. Thanks for searching and finding me out and asking me. Yeah, I do a lot of searching. Thank you very much, listeners. And thank you for finding us. And thank you for tuning into the show. And, um, you know, I, I listen to podcasts and people say, well, share and subscribe and, you know, do, do what feels right to you, listeners, okay? And uh, we'll speak to you all again very soon. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.